Hello stranger. Are you depressed? Are suicide thoughts bothering you? Or are you just a little bit crazy and confused? Then you are at the right place. Let me introduce you to the story of my ramshackle mind. In this episode 12, I want to talk about the power and the miracle of forgiveness. In recent years, many people have suggested that I forgive my old geezer. Then the dear soul would have his rest. Especially religiously motivated people advise this. Regardless of the fact that I'm not like that with the church and its teachings, I was frustrated because forgiveness was not possible for me. Letting it go turned out to be more difficult than anything else. My stepfather finally robbed me of part of my soul. He took away my dignity, stole my ego. Especially during childhood I wanted him dead rather than alive. I lived in the illusion that his death would bring me salvation. Then he died and it was worse than ever before because I was deprived of the possibility of simply hitting him in the face one day. His death did not release me from anger and did not bring out any mitigating feelings. The idea that he had accumulated so much bad karma that he was miserable and died too young after years of suffering did not change anything. On the contrary, deep inside, I, the little boy, still had the dream that one day the old geezer would turn to me with loving words, take me in his arms, tell me that he loved me, that he was sorry and that he was proud of me. Deep inside of me there was something that still wanted to believe in this possibility. As is well known, hope dies last. It died loudly and dramatically after I learned of his passing. What should I do now? To permanently feel anger and rage and to be remotely controlled at the same time is no life. I no longer wanted to give him power, but how could I do that? From forgiveness comes healing, they say. Understanding should be the first step to inner transformation, write yogis and little buddhas. The forgiveness of his mistakes and injustice had yet to be resolved. After what he had done to me? Really? He is the root of all evil that drove me to suicide, which I barely survived. Forgiveness should be a great virtue and the grace of absolution the key to inner peace. What devilish thing must I take to silence the pain of my heart and the longing of a child's soul for eternal love? At regular intervals of my greatest inner despair and unrestrained anger, I thought give this thing to me and I will take it no matter what it costs. In December 2016, I was invited to attend a discussion evening at a funeral directors in Frankfurt. A woman from Offenbach who followed me on Facebook had drawn my attention to it. A pastor had invited some people to talk about his son's suicide on a railway line. People who were interested could also tell their story. 
That sounded exciting and I saw the opportunity to talk about Trees of Memory. Under certain circumstances the funeral director was interested in the project and I hoped he would in the future bring it to the attention of bereaved relatives. In the evening about 20 bereaved people gathered together. We sat in an open circle. Whoever wanted to could tell their story. All in all it was a difficult evening. So many terrible misfortunes, so many broken souls and hearts. The pastor spoke about two suicides in his childhood, sometimes in the 50s. Both were buried in the middle of the path to the church entrance, so that the entire congregation had to trample over this final resting place of sinners for decades to get into the church. This is deeply etched in my memory and I often talk about it in my lectures. It is only one of many symbols of the inhuman way our churches dealt with the subject of suicide. Towards the end of the evening the man of God made a suggestion. He wanted to help us experience an encounter with the deceased. In the here and now we should get the chance to have a last conversation. Whoever wanted to could take part. I wanted to. I was curious, but at the same time it scared me. What should Jose say? I was afraid of a you're to blame. We all closed our eyes and breathed deeply into a state of relaxation that led us on a path across imaginary meadows and through forests. At some point I came to a river. It was spanned by an old arched bridge from the early Middle Ages. It was built of large blocks of natural stones. Slowly I walked on the bridge to its center. On the right and on the left at hip height there were heavy mossy stone slabs. The other bank could not be seen because a dense fog blocked the view. Hesitantly, I walked into the dense grey and my fingers slipped over the damp moss growing on the stones. Arriving in the middle, the fox suddenly lifted. On the other side stood a group of people whom I did not recognize at first glance. But then I saw Jose breaking away from the crowd and slowly coming towards me. I was totally irritated because behind him I saw my beloved great-grandmother waving to me with her great laugh. She was exactly as I remembered her. This fun-loving woman whose love and dignity was not passed on to my grandma. My great-grandma bought me my first aftershave, Russian leather. I can still smell it when I close my eyes and travel into the past. Next to her stood my aunt Helga, who died shortly before or after the old geezer. She had inherited the laughter of my great-grandmother. Helga was my favorite aunt. I liked her and was allowed to be her best man. It hit me hard that I had never heard about her death and that nobody in the family had informed me. I found it just as terrible that she had never been told how ill she was. They let her die without her having been able to prepare for it. She had believed that everything would be okay. 
It was impossible for her to say goodbye to her son and to her husband, her friends, sister, family. At least that's what I was told. Now, my great-grandmother and Helga stood next to each other and shone. If I close my eyes at this very moment while I'm telling this story, I can see them again and feel a wonderful lightness emanating from the two of them. Next to them was my biological father, Franco, who transmitted such a vivid feeling of love to me that I was almost unable to pay attention to Jose. I sent him a, I miss you so, so much. And the look on his face told me not to worry. There were three or four other people present that I could not recognize. As Jose stood in front of me, we hugged each other. He said nothing. I was not able to express anything verbally. No conversation, no apology, no blaming, no accusation, no I'm okay now. We stood there and held each other tightly in our arms. Jose seemed sad and I still don't know how to sort it all out. He was always clumsy and non-communicative. But this situation had nothing redeeming for him or for me. Nor did he seem tormented or like someone who has been released briefly from purgatory. The situation was characterized by quite value-free and intense sadness. When I embraced him, my gaze flitted again and again to the group of people. Great-grandmother with her snow-white hair was beside herself and pushed Helga in the ribs with her elbow as if to say, look who's here, look who's here. <laughs> Suddenly, I see a guy in the second or third row straining and stretching and almost jumping up and down. He seemed as if he wanted to point out, look, I'm here too. At first, I didn't notice him I had no idea who he was, but he was so insistent. I could not take my eyes off him. Damn, who is that? I asked myself again and again. I couldn't place him. And all of a sudden I recognized him and my heart almost stopped. It was my stepfather, the old geezer. Unlike the other people, he was young. I guess between 20 and 30 years old. Admittedly not unattractive at all. He was slim, sober and so different. When we looked into each other's eyes, he stopped jumping up and down. He didn't let me out of his sight and radiated an unaccustomed calm. Then he smiled. For heaven's sake. I feel almost like crying again, just because I remember. He smiled at me with a love I never thought possible. He smiled and sent me the most loving look ever. And then he nodded at me almost respectfully and I clearly felt I'm proud of you. Keep up the good work. Don't let yourself be distracted. 
I felt paralyzed. Stunned, I looked at Jose, who gave me another hug, grinned and then went back to the group without a word. My eyes wandered to my papa, my great-grandmother, Aunt Helga, and again to my stepfather and the other people I couldn't place. My stepfather didn't let me out of his sight as I was returning back saying goodbye. I waved and the grey of the fog surrounded me again. Then I followed the way back into the forest and a short time later arrived back in the funeral parlor in the midst of the other relatives. No one spoke or said a word. Not one of them related what had just happened. A few minutes later the circle broke up. It all happened very quickly. I tried to talk to the pastor again because of trees of memory. Unfortunately, I never heard from him or the funeral directors again. My stepfather, Georg Dieringer, brought me the inner peace that enabled me to forgive him. Even though I have never forgotten what happened and sometimes the anger and pain still come over me when I speak or write about the events of that time, nevertheless, I have forgiven him. Georg was merely the product of a tyrannical and selfish mother who made his life so difficult that he decided before his death not to end up in the family grave under any circumstances. She had mentally enslaved and abused him all her life. Not a single day went by when he did not drive by her first after leaving work. First to grandma was the message constantly. When he came home, he was frustrated, drained and exhausted because he had to work in the garden or house. And he was thirsty. Georg was the product of a generation influenced by war, privation, terror, fear and hunger, terrorized by the Nazis even in the most remote areas. His father was seriously injured in Russia. A bullet went into his head. He survived that. I remember how fascinated I was as a child when the part of his temple where the bone hadn't knit back together moved when he spoke. He had suffered no further physical damage except that he could no longer sleep without sleeping pills. I walked hand in hand with him across the meadows and he sent me to steal plums for the first time. I loved my step-grandpa and was very sad when he died of hepatitis when I was 14 years old. I think quite often at him and, and I always see this generous, smiling man who really loved me. As was custom in our Swabian country, being the oldest grandson, I had to carry the cross before the funeral procession and the coffin. That was indeed bad, but at the same time I could show him my respect once again. I was forced to pay the same tribute to my other grandfather, the Nazi grandfather, as well. Although I did not want to, and I made that clear. I had to take part in carrying the coffin of the guy who said only one sentence to me after the accidental death of my biological father. 
Be glad, at least you will inherit something now. Decades later my blood still boils. Georg grew up during the war and in the post-war period, which was fully of deprivation. He told me again and again that it was so cold in winter that his eyelashes froze and he couldn't open his eyes early in the morning. He would have liked to have become a lawyer. Instead, he always had to work in the potato field. At the age of 15, he started a bricklayer's apprenticeship. His life was not good all in all. But forgiveness and apology aside, I will never in my life understand how you can pass on to your children the most horrible behavior which you yourself had suffered from. I will never understand how someone can use brute force against a child who is 100 kg lighter and does nothing but dream. It is incomprehensible why you don't have the desire to be a better father or mother than your own tyrannical parents. If I had become a father, I would have sworn with my life to be a dad for whom you can feel nothing but love and who is available to everyone for messing about and having fun. I would have tried to do everything possible to give the children a worthy start in life. I would have supported their dreams. I would never have used violence. Never. I obviously don't have to be able to understand everything in order to forgive Georg. What I do understand is the fact that people who do violence to others and have a very obnoxious nature have their own dramatic history and development behind them. What Georg did to me arose out of suffering. He acted out of his misery and passed his pain to me. If I wanted to break out of this cycle of inflicting pain, I had to dissolve the suffering. For decades I was not able to escape this cycle. I could not extinguish his suffering nor my suffering. Not yet. But his smile behind the bridge has put an end to the suffering, made forgiveness possible and made space for healing. This has been instrumental in opening the door to a sort of transformation and change. Forgiveness is derived from the Greek word amnestia and means not remembering. Disappearance of the dark thoughts have made space for something new again. It is no longer the harmful attitudes that materialize, but the positive things I have experienced through healing and forgiveness. Far Eastern philosophies and religions say that through forgiveness the prana, the life force, the life energy and the breath can flow again. When the blockages that hinder the flow of prana are dissolved, we become a new person. I must say that I feel something along these lines. To forgive does not mean to forget. It is more like looking at the past with different eyes. Now and then I need the memory. That helps me to understand the reasons for my actions. Although I have been able to prove the opposite to the belief I am not worth anything. Now and again in the course of my life it has not completely disappeared. 
to prove that I am capable of doing something, I always try to do it higher, bigger and more. And this is what drives me. It is indeed exhausting, but it has made sure that I had and have a big colorful life. I still experience the most incredible events. I almost have to be grateful for it. What would happen if I did not follow this drive which causes illness? I think a great boredom would determine my existence. But there is definitely a thank you for the fact that Georg has given me peace, without which I would not be where I am today. Thank you so much for listening and please come back next Sunday to hear the next episode. Thanks a lot. Ciao, ciao.